guys, I don't even know how to handle myself right now. I don't the th- the three and a half hours of sleep, the lack of coffee thus far. None of it seems to matter. I don't know. I don't know what to do or what to say. Other than I'm the so, Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. I'm so happy they're going to the Super Bowl, guys. I have so many people to apologize to. I I feel like I need to have a uh, an Oscars worthy speech where instead of thanking people, I just apologize. I'm sorry, Tory Smith. I'm sorry that we all ruled you out after that first peri- that first quarter drop. I'm sorry, Doug Peterson. I'm sorry we didn't believe in you. I'm sorry, Nick Foles. I'm sorry that we never thought that you were going to actually be able to put together two coherent games to get them to the Super Bowl. And I apologize to the entire Philadelphia Eagles team for counting them out. This is an incredible group, and we're going to a Super Bowl, guys. Ugh! What was that? Adam? Just listened to a lot of wees in that apology that we didn't believe. Man, that was... I know, I know look, I know I'm part of a, a large group of people who were like this. I'm not saying necessarily you two. Uh, yeah, I, like, I, I'm... I, 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 I was a, wrong. It's all my fault. No, I I had a no. similar... I have, a, like, a, a similar spiel. Like, it, there's... I feel like there are mea culpas in order because it's like... I, I I was wrong about Doug Peterson. I was wrong about Howie Roseman. I was wrong about Jeffrey Lurie. Forget about, Blunt. Le, I was wrong about LeGarrette Blunt. Thank you for pointing that out on Twitter last night. Um, <laughs> uh, I was correct about Case Keenum and his floaty balls. Um, floaty but my God. Balls. Floaty balls. I mean, every time he threw a ball that just sort of sailed, and after the pick, I was like, oh, he stinks. He stinks. Yeah, so- but – yeah, I don't know. I'm just um I feel like we like I was wrong about those guys. It's incredible what they did and what's amazing is that every the guys who are making big plays last night, they're almost all guys Howie Brosman brought in this offseason or later. Nick Foles throwing to Alshon Jeffrey, throwing to Tory Smith, handing it to Jay Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt and Chris Long making big plays. Like these are and Nick Foles, Nick fucking Foles. Like these are guys these weren't even guys rounding out the team. He, like, rebuilt the roster with impact players across the board this offseason or later. Like, they're not just role players or one or two stars. Like, half of the guys out there doing things are guys Howie Roseman just brought in. It's wild. Howie Roseman, the the, the Steve Jobs of the NFL, left, returned with a fury, and built what we are watching right now. From a football perspective, this is how quickly shit can turn. Think about this. Mm-hmm. First quarter, Vikings are up 7 nothing, and they have the ball. Case Keenum drops back, has an open receiver, and he goes to throw. At that time, I was not feeling good about the Eagles at all. I mean, the Vikings had driven down the first drive, scored a touchdown. It was like a three and out for the Eagles. Chris Long gets a hand on Case Keenum, wobbly ball, and the Eagles went on a 38 to nothing run from the time that Chris Long's hand went on Case Keenum. After that, it was never the same. Patrick Robinson rushed. We should apologize to him, too, because remember when people said he wasn't going to make the team? Yeah, that was crazy. This is, this is a defense. 
This is a team that you go in after Tom Brady comes back from 10 the fourth quarter and we're going, even if we win, we feel like a super dog. And you win like that, and now I'm sitting here going, oh, no. Oh, no, championship is possible. Oh, no. That was um, that was a beatdown. I don't think of all the simulations we've thought in our head of what could have happened. A thirty-eight to seven win was an opportunity. That was crazy. Let me just say, as somebody who was there, which th- that was also a very unexpected thing. Friday, I got a text from a friend who said, "We have an extra ticket. Do you want to go?" So, of course, um, that stadium. I have had plenty of experiences at the link where I've said, "I don't think it can get that loud." I've never. I had never previously been to the link and thought, man, that is a great atmosphere to play. I've never thought, man, this place is so loud that I would be afraid. Like, if I were an opposing player, I would find this place intimidating. There were entire games where I would sit back and say they never should have taken down the vet because it's impossible to have home field in this stadium. Let me tell you that at many, many points last night, not only did that place get loud, but the entire place shook. And home field was absolutely a factor. There were moments in that game, the Patrick Robinson interception uh, uh, probably was the, the first really big one, where when he went up and got that pick, everybody around me started yelling, go down, go down, go down, because all we, you know, we didn't want to see a fumble. We didn't, we, we were just excited. And when he cut back and started going across the field, the entire place shook. It had to be shades of, like, the Marshawn Lynch touchdown in Seattle a few years ago, like, registered on the Richter scale. I've never felt that place shake the way it did, and I've never heard the volume, uh, like, come up in big moments like it did last night. It was just, like, it was the atmosphere itself is now, I think, the all-time best Philadelphia sports experience I've ever had. And, like, I've been to playoff games, and I think I even said before the season the loudest I had ever remembered a a stadium being was like a Flyers playoff game when they go up three goals. This far surpassed it. And the fans who were there last night were real, I don't want to say authentic fans like NBC, but like they really were. It was, it was incredible. The the authentic fan, I should tell you at like midnight on Comcast, they showed authentic fan, Philly CEO holding a sign that says authentic fan. Nothing gets more authentic than that. Um, Anyway, Russ, like you on TV, you usually can't, you could tell when a stadium's loud, but it's really tough for it to come through on TV because the mics are just so well, you know, filtered and all that stuff. You could, you could like almost feel it on TV. It's hard to explain. Like you could tell when that building was just at full throat because it's leak. It's leaking into the mics in a way that it normally doesn't. Like it's not like it's dominating your TV, but it's just leaking through. And you're like, God, like how loud is it for it to it to sound like this on television, where the guys are in a booth with you know one directional microphones? Completely crazy. I mean, that Vikings team. Like to your point, Adam, who's who saw this coming? When they go out up seven nothing, you're like, uh oh, you know, the Eagles probably don't have a lot of points in them. We can't, you know, we we need a lot of stops in a row net right now. And to for them to put up 37 points, they broke their will. Like they broke the Vikings' will. They were after those first few touchdowns, 
I it was like the the Vikings. I don't they, I don't want to say they gave up, but it was like. They just weren't themselves. The building, the score, what the Eagles were doing. Like, who would have actually prepared for the Eagles to just start airing it out and fucking deep balls and flea flickers? And uh, right before the flea flicker, I'm yelling, go for the jugular, go for the jugular. Like, just thinking, like, hey, it looks like they might throw deep again. And then they try that and hit it. Like, on all cylinders, everyone perfect on that play. And at the end of the first half, when you would be any other team would be thrilled to take that lead at home in the halftime, and they're like, "Nah, best defense in the league, so what? We're just going to march down the field here." And they they had a reasonable shot at a touchdown. That was like, isn't well, that what? Well, that's what made those two games stand out, right? Like, I don't, I wasn't watching the Jaguars game, but correct me if I'm wrong. But at the end of the first half in that the uh, Jacksonville New England game, they had time on the clock and two timeouts. Right, like they they could have theoretically tried to mount it at was, least at mm-hmm. least a little bit of a field goal drive there. And like Big Balls Doug himself goes out and and like does not call conservative play calls to try to really you know stomp down on the Vikings. Yeah, well, think about this: three minutes left, second quarter. It's fourteen ten. Case Keenum has the ball inside, like inside the Eagles 25 and then Derek Barnett gets the strip sack where man I am so happy to be wrong about that guy holy shit that was awesome strip sack so you go from you it was 14 to 7 so you're going from it either being 14 14 or 14 10 to they get that stop get down get a touchdown 21 to 7 get the ball back again with 38 seconds left and then still add on a field goal to make it 24 to 7 i mean it goes from 14 10 to 24 to 7 it's unbelievable that's just they 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 manage the clock perfectly, and I I think of all the things of the game, the defense being that dominant. I think we kind of knew that was going to be case. Whether or not they actually scored a pick six, I don't know. The running game, the downhill running game, and the effectiveness. We kind of talked about how that would be an opportunity. How the Eagles could push a lo- around a tired Vikings uh, defensive front. I look at the defense. I thought Xavier Rhodes and those guys looked banged up. We could have predicted that. I think of all the aspects of this game, the thing that was most surprising was just how Nick Foles looked. Was just rolling and throwing on the run was throwing 45 yards on a line to Alshon Jeffrey. It was it was moving in the pocket and getting out of trouble before he completed that pass. It was the beautiful throw to Torrey Smith on that flea flicker that was on an absolute line. He looked like Carson Wentz. He went 11 for 11 in the second half. He had a perfect quarterback rating, two touchdowns, no interception in the second half. He didn't look anything like he has looked in the last few games. Since that ball went off Keanu Neal's knee, he has not really thrown a bad pass. The entire second half of the Falcons game and that entire Vikings game it's been Carson Wentz in the body of 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 Nick Foles. We we were we were all sitting around saying the exact same thing that like look at his eyes. He doesn't look He didn't he, even first, look the same. Right. First of all, he's playing like Carson Wentz, but he he does not have 
I don't want to say he had a deer in the headlights look his first few games. Hell yeah, but he, he did. He looked he looked off. Yeah, he looked sad. He did, and maybe it's a byproduct of him just you know not having played football in three months. You know, on on the field, like there's we all kind of gloss over that, but like you're right, he was confident. He was. Uh, I mean, you, you indistinguishable play from Carson Wentz. Uh, the one play you talked about, the rollouts, where he rolled out to his right. It wasn't. I don't even think it was a planned rollout. Uh, and he gave that sort of uh, like head nod. I can't remember t- uh, who it was. Like everything is running together right now. But he rolled out and he gave that head nod. And it was. It almost appeared like that Sproles pass last year against the Steelers. I forget if it was. Uh, was it Aguilar who caught the ball? But he rolled out, he gave the head nod, and then threw it over the defense. Like, th- I'm watching, like, that's that's Carson Wentz's play. He's, yes, yep. that, is the, that is the play Carson Wentz, that is what Carson Wentz does. And he's out there doing it. The throw to, to um, I guess it was Alshon, where he, the deep ball to the right. Where the deep ball to the right. I think the other one you were thinking about was the Ertz out and up on Harrison yes. Smith. Okay, it was Ertz. So, yeah, so okay. it, was, it was 14-7. They get the ball back after that strip sack with three minutes left. They go Clement in the flats, Ertz out and up, Clement again, and they end up going up 24-7 on that drive. I believe that was the Alshon Jeffrey touchdown, too. And but it was just, it was bang, bang, bang. That actually, I think, it was the field goal drive. And the Alshon throw, um, I mean, to sidestep pressure, oh. uh, move up in the pocket, and just, obviously, he was wide open. But, like, total command. And, right, to your point, like, we had all thought the Eagles were, were now a one-dimensional team. I actually had talked myself into, before the game, this is how, like, you know, wild I was by 6 p.m. last night inside my own head. I thought, you know what? They have now redefined themselves as a defensive team due to the, the absence of Wentz. And maybe in a weird way that has, like, re-done, you know, because they, like, it has put them in a position to succeed because they're now getting two teams in a row without a dominant offense who relies on their defense, and, like, the way to beat Minnesota is going to be in a defensive game. And, like, I'm talking myself into all the things that they had become, this defensive team that can't score but might be able to win with defense. And to go out and do that and have the three-plus 35-yard plays at a certain point in the game. I don't know if there was another one after that. But, like, to go out and just take it to the Vikings, first of all, the Vikings had to be shell-shocked. Like, holy, I can't believe the balls of this team to just start airing it out. But to put up 38 points with full, it doesn't, it doesn't compute. Like, I was, I had accepted the fact that they were just going to be a defensive team. And exactly what you said about the Patriots. I was rooting so hard for the Jags in that game. And it looks like they were going to do it because you're like, oh, my God. The, if, if there's any chance of this Eagles team winning the Super Bowl without their best player, it's going to have to be in these low-scoring games, and they're going to get three teams in a row without a very good offense, and probably decreasingly good offenses going from the Falcons to the, or, you know, Falcons, Vikings, 1A, 1B, down, stepping down to the Jaguars. I'm like, this is the, the way. And when the Patriots won, it sucked the, such the life out of you right before the game because you're like, ah, Fuck, like if they win, we got the Patriots. We're not going to be able to outscore them. Now I'm like, fuck, like, yeah, you know, maybe they will. Like our defense looked every bit as good as the Jaguars. And 
you know, or or thereabouts. And I mean, Nick Foles is playing like Carson Wentz. No one was beating that Eagles team yesterday. No one. No no team in the league was coming close to beating that Eagles team. The way I feel right now, um, and I know people hate it when I make the the Nova references, but when Villanova just crushed Oklahoma in the Final Four a couple years ago, and you're like, oh holy shit, like you're we're about to play North Carolina, but this team is so good right now that. I think they're going to win. Like, I think they might win. I Like, this, they have a real chance. And that the line is five and a half. A week ago, it would have been seven. A few days ago, it would have been 6.5. Yeah. And it's five and a half. And that five and a half is the That's biggest Super Eagles Bowl line. underdog since 2009. I'll take it. Because yeah. if this was before the Falcons game, and, I mean, this line probably would have been eight after the Raiders game. Eight or seven, at least seven, and so it's Ter- five and a half. So Viking Terrence Newman has a quote that said, it was like we had no energy. And I, look, I'm a firm believer. The link borrowed it. The loss of energy. I talked about before the Saints-Vikings game how the Saints were celebrating the Panthers game, the win, and they came out and they went to a 17-0 hole. It I, I don't even know if you could say that about the Vikings early because they actually started the game like on the right foot with the touchdown and all that stuff. But after a while, the Vikings looked lifeless. And I mean like 21-7. Like not even like when it really started to get away. Like early on, it seemed like they were just lifeless and there was there was something there. My dad was there. He said it was absolutely insane. I'm hearing from a bunch of people right now about all the people that are going to Minnesota. Imagine being a Minnesota Viking fan. You believe you are the team of destiny. You are doing skull chaps in skull claps in church and at the schoolyard and amongst your friends and family. And now, and you go to the fucking art museum and do a skull clap, and y'all look ridiculous. And now. You are about to have thousands of Philadelphia Eagles fans come to your town next week and celebrate for a week in your bars and in your restaurants. And we are going to be doing the Foles chant to your Skull chant, and you have to host us for a week and be nice. That was one of damn. The, that was one of the best moments. So you you started getting a feeling last night for old school Philly fan versus like the new school Philly fan to like the youngest of the Philadelphia fans Uh, in terms of like people started doing the skull chant in the second quarter and they're doing it wrong, but they, they were doing the skull chant and everybody in our section was like, shut up, stop. You can't do this until the fourth quarter. And then finally it was like early in the third, we all looked around at each other. Like they're not losing this game. So it's six minutes left in the third. I'm trying to think there was an injury. I feel like down at the goal line, it was a Minnesota player that got hurt. I think a lineman. And people started the skull chant. line. Okay. And I was like, I don't like, I I didn't like that people were doing the skull chant while the guy was hurt. And then once he got up, we were like, you know what? We're going to tempt the fates here. We got the skull chant going down near the end zone. And then it was, um, uh, I don't know. I think it was the beginning of the fourth. Our section started, instead of yelling skull, we started yelling foals. And then it was like an alternating for the fourth quarter. It just kept alternating between the foals chant and we want Brady. So did, and then, was it and skull then, for that long before it became Yeah, foals? it was skull for a long time. Oh, no kidding. So like when, when everybody, at least in our section, 
but because like I I went on Twitter later and then I was seeing that you know um, Barstool and I guess Bleacher Report had been saying that Eagles Eagles fans have been changing it to to Foles the entire time. I'm like I don't I don't know about the rest of the stadium. Maybe the upper levels were, maybe some other sections were, but we kept doing skull because it felt so good to throw a skull chant at people. And then we uh, well there were some other some pretty profane uh, versions of skull going around, but. Uh, Hole, like what? Yeah, yeah. like what, Russ? Uh, I'm gonna get you to, could I get you to curse on this pot? If they win the Super Bowl, can I get you to drop a big fat f bomb? Mm, I don't know yet, man. <laughs> I'll just, type it. I'll type it in. You guys can. You guys can say it. I'm just sitting over here, just thinking about all the all the storylines, like. Alshon Jeffrey, when are you going to earn your money? And then he goes out there versus Xavier Rhodes and just plays so well. I, I we, we, so I was at the office and uh, I did pop a bottle after the game. And that entire, that entire kitchen is going to smell like champagne because I shook the hell out of it and it went everywhere. Um, but when I was watching the game, we, we just kept focusing on Brandon Brooks. I mean, I, I, I'm having a hard time right now not thinking ahead to the Patriots because the Eagles, man, they really can match up. Like, Brandon Brooks and, and Lane Johnson can push around some people and we can get a little power running game going on. Uh, if Nick Foles plays like he did, they can throw the ball against the Patriots. Defensively, we're going to have two weeks of rest combined with the fact that, like, they can't hurry up offense us like that because we have eight deep on our defensive line. Um, I get scared about the, what the what the Vikings did to us in the first drive, which was take advantage of the miscommunications and the errors of an inexperienced linebacking core. Like Najee Good totally got caught up right there on that play with some miscommunication with the safeties. And that was when I was like, please don't let Najee Good be the reason we lose this. But all the other pieces, like they still could make sense. Do I worry about Tom Brady in the clutch? Yes, but I'd worry about it no matter what. But they match up. This is a possibility. Like it's not just a... Like I look, I said when Carson Wentz went down, my sliding scale of satisfaction was now that if they somehow beat some combination of Falcons, Vikings, or Panthers, Saints, and went to the Super Bowl, that I'd be happy. Guys were playing with house money. This is I, I can't believe they made it to this point, and now they get an opportunity to go out there and really take a swing at it. I mean. I feel bad for Carson Wentz because Carson, Sim said last night that Carson's going to go home and cry because he goes, he goes, I, he goes, I can't imagine what this would feel like to be the reason that you were, the team was going so well. And then you're so happy, but at the same point, you're so sad. Um, I mean, what are they going to be able to do with Nick Foles in the off season? You know, do you keep them? Do you trade them? Like, this is just a whole course of events that I just can't believe happened. After that, that's why that Raiders game was so big. You get the win in the Raiders game to get home field advantage so that all of this is possible. It's just, ugh, God. Carson, that was that was also Carson a really cool dynamic. Pimp walk does it for me with the cane. I can't yeah. get enough of that. They did hashtag raise the cane. 
I thought it was going to be for Philly Phil, but no, it was Carson. That was a really cool dynamic, by the way, that happened um, in post game. I don't know how that came across on TV, um, but the what's his name? Terry uh, Bradshaw. Yeah, thank you. Started when the Eagles ter- chant. When, yeah, and put on the dog mask. Um, when when uh, Foles was being interviewed, the camera cut to Carson. I don't know if it did it on the live the the tele- TV tele- telecast or not, but. Carson was just beaming and it was it was awesome because actually Carson I think to some extent got a louder ovation when it cut to him than Foles did right but it's like a really neat dynamic because you could tell that these guys are totally supportive of one another and it's not like you're in a situation even if if Nick Foles leads his team to a Super Bowl right you I don't, don't have a controversy I, yeah I don't think no. we, we do we're, we're Foles, in like pretty Nick much Hull, every case you would Russ, expect to, to your beaming Nick Foles before the year was contemplating retirement, and Carson Wentz, through religious means, helped give Nick Foles faith again. That is the story of those two quarterbacks. So That is wild. I was thinking about this last night, um, about how in the beginning of the season, you had said something to the extent of right. you love you love when a guy believes in something it it could be religion or it could be just the concept of a greater a greater purpose and leading up to the game uh i was re- i read the players tribune article that that Ertz quote wrote unquote and you read about how he found you know he found getting close to his teammates through religion and and through like this shared sense of purpose. And when you watch a team that had been totally counted out, the way that they came out and just absolutely dominated that game, they truly do believe in each other. And they, they have to be, you know, believing that there is a greater purpose to what they're doing. It, it was it, such a motivated effort. It, it like sometimes you, you end up in those playoff games, especially if you've got home field. I think we've seen it before. The team goes out. The pressure finally gets to them. Uh, you have a really rough start to the game. Like it could have been really easy. And again, this is like where I, I guess I credit the people in the stadium last night. You know, when when Minnesota started their march down the field, we all kind of got like a, a weird feeling in our gut. Like pregame, I looked at my buddy and I'm like, "They're gonna win this game." At all the good vibes going, Minnesota goes down. They start. Like it, it was, it was funny. They started doing um, a bunch of plays. I don't know what it looked like on TV, but a bunch of plays where they're like, <clears throat> uh, I guess it was McKinnon was getting himself set, like he was going to go run right through the line, and then kept bouncing out. And that he, couple he did few, that like, couple, by the way, a, I I swear a dozen straight runs. He did the exact same thing where he he started he leaned right and then cut left. It was yep. like it was like uh, like they're picking up on this dude. Like yeah, like we were we were behind. So they were driving away from us. So it just kept feeling like we were watching the same repeated play again and again. And then I think they threw a couple um, a couple pitches out to the back uh, to get out into space on the outside. And that was the only thing that really had us worried because, you know, like they weren't able to generate pressure and they weren't able to seal off the edge. But like Minnesota scored, everybody got like a, a little bit of a, a queasy feeling. And they were like, no, we're going to go back out. Like Foles is going to get it together. Uh 
it never felt like I, I think thing, we've all been at a Philadelphia with, sports event where you feel the the air come out of the place and then you get into like being bad fans until there's a big play and that the, did not happen last night the thing that's different about this team um, going back to the Wentz part first is if there's one guy who's equipped to handle what's happening to him, it's it's a religious guy who, like you said, Adam has a has a belief in a higher power, and really like that is what is most important to him. Genuinely, I think he you know that is the case. With right, because he could be you, like, oh, this is his plan. And you also don't have your your job on the line. Like this is not it, no oh, like no. Nick Foles he could do the same thing in the Super Bowl and it's going to be weird cuz Carson Wentz is going to be the starting quarterback at the, the day he comes back. So like on one hand it's not totally devastating and it's it's still easy to root for your teammates. But like Russ to your point, the, the, those 4 years the Eagles went to the NFC Championship in the early 2000s. Other than the first year, I feel like they weren't fun. And I uh, agree. That they yeah. sucked. Wait, well, what? Hold on. That whole those seasons were. I'll, fun. I'll wrap it through for Kyle right now. Two thousand one Rams. We were playing the defending champions. We were happy to be there. Two thousand two Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We thought that we had that one in the bag. It was under twenty degrees. They had never won under twenty degrees, and it was an eighty-six yard interception return by Rondé Barber that crushed our dreams. Carolina was not exciting. That was stressful. Are we about to be the team that loses three straight NFC Championship games? Not only do we lose, it's our worst nightmare. The wide receivers get their shit kicked in for four quarters. James Thrash and Todd Pinkston, their harsh reality, they were never enough. How could we do this? We go out and we get Terrell Owens, and he doesn't even play in the Falcons one in the in that NFC championship game. All four we we became the Buffalo Bills of the NFC Championship game. And the first one was exciting, but after that, it was this Eagles Philadelphia. We haven't one since 1983 Moses Malone 444 dread overwhelming nonsense I agree yes and those seasons were fun like that 04 yeah, that, season that's with what I thought you were saying the seasons weren't fun the, the TO season was no fantastic. yes the, the seasons were fun but every after that first run against the Rams and you know starting from that next season where you're like okay hey they should get back here that those th- next three seasons, like I think, have in a weird way come to define like current Philly fandom, and we haven't been able to shake it. Perhaps until the Sixers trust the process team, and this current group and of almost, Eagles players, almost the, the Jeff Garcia team, maybe. But like there was still under Reed because what happened during those years is exactly what you said. We formed this like calloused. Oh fuck, we're gonna fuck it up. Andy Reid always fucks it up, and I know, like, I got shit last time for saying he always fucks it up, but like, he does. He it, it, it just always ends in bitter disappointment. Not even like like crushing, frustrating, debilitating loss, and that had like for three years just worn at us, and it made it so by the time that 2004 game or early 2005. As correctly pointed out by Kyle Lowry, who fucking retweeted me yesterday. Um, That's beautiful. But it's early 2005, the like th- there was a release of emotion when they won the NFC Championship. But even that is glossed over by the Super Bowl and did he or did he not puke and the clock management stuff. Like I'm watching Scott Van Pelt last night, 
And he's they, they're flashing back to the last time the Eagles were in the Super Bowl. And like one of the first things they say about that game is clock management questions. I mean, yeah. this it's become a national thing. And like so even that we can't even look back because we remember T.O. the next year sit, doing sit-ups in his driveway. And we remember them blowing it in the Super Bowl. And I feel like that regardless of what happens in the Super Bowl this year, can something crazy happen? Can we get mad at somebody? Absolutely. But no one is going to like look back on this season and remember it for anything other than being fun and like this has and this and the Sixers the positivity around the Sixers has redefined like a generation of fans being like oh it's not the Cataldi dirty 30 let's fucking hate the team and then just find things to nitpick even when they win like those things weren't fun because we just had to get over the hump there was no hump here like it's house money it's whatever Mm. but we've said it time and again on this podcast about this season time and again this team, like everything, is going their way. From the like, remember early in the year, there's all the you know, there's all the Black Lives Matter and the anthem stuff, and the Eagles handled all that. And then the celebrate, like all these little things, like the celebrations were fun, like they were hitting there. And then you got guys like Chris Long and Malcolm Jenkins, like donating their time and their money. And then you got player one after another just getting hurt and next man up the whole time and like the reason you know like all those apologies early in the show and like obviously i i cracked on doug peterson forever uh and and mostly on howie roseman but even jeffrey Lurie, like people made fun of his emotional intelligence thing i can't imagine a happier guy than him who decided you know fuck this chip kelly guy if, you know, fuck him and his attitude. This is my team. I want my guys. I want guys who do it the right way. I want good guys. And look, like, look at this. Like, they got, they brought their guys back in house, and they're doing it. And it's positive and everything from top to bottom about what the organization is doing and is 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 positive on and off the field. And they're winning. And it's like they've redefined what it means to root for the Eagles, at least for a time. Like they've taken away our ammo from just sitting on the game sitting on twitter like eagles twitter is the worst fucking place in the world and adam i know you say other nfl fan bases are like this like the the sheer number and like like in insanity of eagles fans you're just waiting to pounce on every moment and this team is like strip that out of us it's it's so like it's so unbelievable to see that scene there yesterday because this wasn't they shouldn't have been here this year no one thought even this this current group or regime would ever get here like it's it's incredible it's incredible and to be doing it without you i mean like just the injury just one after another you you left tackle you're like all right you know maybe maybe let's see what wentz does now without a hall of famer protecting his blind side you know let's see what sort of offense they have without their you know their all-purpose weapon and sprawls now Wentz goes down and jordan hicks goes down like i I love how joe walker made it into that montage last night like I, i whatever um but like, uh, it's it's, it's fucking incredible. It's a different way of rooting for the team now, and let no matter go, what happens, we're going to be happy with this season. Let me go, Pepe Sylvia, on you really quick. Um, if you don't know that reference from "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," where he's connecting things. Uh, when Wentz went down, Sims looked at me and said, "This reminds me of my dad's season in the 1990 Giants." And we said at that time that the Eagles would have to transform into a downhill running team, which I'm going to be honest, they've run more downhill running plays out from under center than they had in the last two games than they have the entire season. But I want you to just listen to this and go, wow, are the Eagles the 1990 Giants? 
1990 Giants, their top 10 pick out of a small rural school that wears number 11, suffers a leg injury with a few games remaining in the season. 2017 Eagles, their top 10 pick out of a small rural school that wears 11, suffers a leg injury with a few games left in the season. The Giants in 1990 turned to a third-round pick that earlier in the year was frustrated with the game and publicly contemplated retirement. The Eagles, in 2017, turned to their third-round pick, who was frustrated with the game and publicly contemplated retirement. Both teams' offenses looked insanely rough in the last few weeks of the season. Both of the great defenses in one of those games had an enormously rough game, allowing over 450 yards of offense to the opponent. In the playoffs in 1990, the Giants blew out an NFC North team and beat the reigning NFC champs while scoring just 15 points. In the playoffs of 2017, the Eagles blew out an NFC North team and beat the reigning NFC champs while scoring just 15 points. In 1990, in the Super Bowl, the Giants were the underdog to an AFC East team that would play in four Super Bowls that decade, the Buffalo Bills. 2017, the Super Bowl, the Eagles are the underdog to an AFC East team that will play in their fourth Super Bowl in this decade. Now, let me just you say one all last... That from memory? Let me. Just, I'm. I'm going full Pepe Sevilla, Sevilla today. Do you have? The, please tell me you have it written down. Otherwise, I'm worried. Oh, I have it written. I have it written uh, down. Okay. And I want you to know this: that 1990 Super Bowl ended on a Scott Norwood missed kick. Scott Norwood went to James Madison University. Koskowski went to Madison Central High School. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, oh my gosh. It's gonna that's be. A, it's gonna be a. It's gonna be a, it. go, it's gonna be a miss kick. Eagles win the oh. Super Bowl. If that happens, I'm having oh. you committed it, but then also checked for like some sort of weird. weird I am. Vibe. I am literally. Kodamas. I am going to. I'm in, going to go to work today, and I'm printing out all of these pictures, and I'm going to thumbtack them to a board with like red lines going left <laughs> to right, and I'm doing that on the podcast today. Yeah, you know, full carry, Matheson. But dude, how crazy is that? That's wild. That's nuts. Yeah, so it's like just, the Lincoln and Kennedy. Yeah, the difference between like even the regular season, like it was really crazy. But when you look at the playoffs, they beat the Bears like 31 to 3 and then beat the 49ers 15 to 13. So it's like the same stuff just flipped. But, dude, I mean, we said this right when it happened, that the Eagles had to do what the 1990 Giants did with Jeff Hostetler. Nick Foles is our Jeff Hostetler. And what they eventually did was they eventually cut Sims and stuck with Hostetler and it didn't work out. We're not going to do that because it's a lot younger. Like Sims was like in his like eighth or ninth year, whatever it was, or I think it might have even been his like 13th or 14th. But Wentz is in his prime. But this is a, a team that it, it's so funny. Here we have this spiritual element. Then I have like the Meek Mill reciting every single verse. We are going to be America's team in the Super Bowl because the Patriots are no longer America's team. They are America's arch nemesis. They are big oil. They are the Cook brothers. They are what you can't. <laughs> They're big agro. Yeah, you can't aspire to. They are the shutdown government. They are all of those things. We are 
free Meek Mill. We are our biggest fan is in jail. We are riding dune buggies up the rocky steps <laughs> and then walking around with eagles masks and no shirt on. Where the we, fuck does someone get we a are dune the people, buggy, by the We way. are the people who try to catch up to a subway and run into a pole yes. and then get right back up and get on the next train and because we are Philadelphia. And also realize this. Eagles winning a Super Bowl is incredible no matter what. However, if this is the last go-around for Belichick, Brady, Patricia, McDaniels, and all of those guys, and this is their last chance to really win one while the band's still together, this Super Bowl is worth five. If the Eagles beat the Patriots, realize what this does. One, it redeems what happened 13 years ago. Two, it just gives us the title we've been looking around for decades. And three, it removes the sentence, the Giants are the only teams that were able to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. It takes away one of the shining moments of our arch rivals, and it also takes it away in the most critical time when it all could go away. Oh, my God. It's worth five. That was good. It's that worth good. five. I, agree. I, hate, I hate to bring us down. But I we, no 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 we have a no. couple America yes we have okay. a couple people to that's thank. not bringing us down it's, no yeah, that's that's not thank you to these lifting us that's, yeah, that's, that's hyping uplifting us, up. us. thank know, you to I, these people for for supporting us and allowing us to do a show do and doing our first season of shows during a Super Bowl run I think man. that Amerigas and Carlinos welcome to the team we appreciate you you guys have been dope as fuck and now we're going to the super bowl and you are sponsoring a super bowl podcast it's crazy That's dope as point. fuck is actually in the ad read this week no That's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, no I, I gotta try and match your energy here because that was incredible um carlino's uh, look um i don't know what to say we've been advertising their game day platter um i i don't think anyone realistically thought the eagles would be playing in the game oh. everyone is Everyone is having a Super Bowl, okay? Everyone is having a big game party. Get your food at Carlino's. It's that, it's that fucking simple. That's in the ad read. Go to Ardmore. <laughs> Go to Westchester. Doesn't matter. Get your game day platter. Um, just check. Just Google Carlino's Market. You'll find it. You'll find their menu. Uh, we'll be posting about it, a link somewhere again this week on the website. Just check it out. Their game day food's incredible. We had our live podcast there. We're, we're potentially uh, going to try and see if we could put together another one over here uh, here over the next couple of weeks, and you could try it again. But trust me on this. For your Super Bowl party, just go to Carlino's. Mention Crossing Broad. You get 10% off. Bing, bang, boom. Easy enough. Uh, I've been telling Delicious. you, Amerigas, the nation's number one propane provider, available at over how many? Guys, you're never listening. 55,000 locations wow. uh, nationwide. Uh, locally, it can be found, of course, at Home Depot and 7-Eleven. So I have details on the new contest. Um, we are doing, it is called hashtag show your tank. And is this official? This is official. Hashtag show your tank. Go out. There's going to be a page. It's going to live at crossingbroad.com backslash Amerigas. We'll be updating that page this week. Uh, it will be updated with all of your tweets here. What you have to do, and we will occasionally post about it. What you have to do is 
go find an Amerigas tank, whether it's in your own grill, whether you have to go to Home Depot, wherever it is, just look for an Amerigas tank. We'll even take a billboard with Amerigas, like anything with the Amerigas logo, but I want a tank. It need, And you got to take a picture of it and then either tweet it or put it on Instagram with the hashtag show your tank. Um, if you could possibly cross show at, us your tag. If you could possibly tag at Crossing Broad on either of those, that would definitely make sure that we notice it. But we will be monitoring the hashtag. Hashtag show your tank. Whoever takes the most beautiful, glorious, ridiculous, mm. ironic picture of their tank, like the tank looks so good, you want to taste it. Get your filters out. Do whatever you got to do. Whoever takes the best picture. Um, We'll win a uh, $500 worth of prize. We're going to do the same prize we did the first time around. So those are a portable grill, uh, a portable heat lamp, like one of those small restaurant-style ones that you could take around the tailgates, two portable tailgate chairs with sunshade, a hose to hook it all up, and $200 worth of apparel to the Crossing Broad store. All you'll need to do for your tailgate, for your party, whatever it is, is buy some hamburgers and hot dogs and some propane. I feel like we probably just can't give away propane. There's probably some sort of regulation against that. But we'll give you everything else. There might not be. I don't know. But I, I, I suspect there is. So hashtag show your tank. Glorious photo of your propane tank. Uh, to, uh, do that. Thank you to Carlinos and Amerigas uh, for sponsoring us. Uh, echoing what Adam said. Having them even uh, cozy leading up to Christmas. Uh, these guys have made it possible. We've been doing this at 6 a.m., th- three days a week for, God, like nine months now, like full-term gestation, right? Um, and I we, got a baby bump. There you go. It's And and we, um, you know, for a while didn't have any sponsors. We're doing this um, because we enjoy it, because we all love talking about Philly sports. Adam has, it, you know, big, big and famous national guy in New York. Russ, no, Russ is a teacher. I'm, I'm doing the, the website is, is really my livelihood. And it's like, you know, we came together all year and now to have some sponsors who, you know, help, you know, if nothing else, make this worth our while a little bit. Um, and to be able hearing from people it's validation yeah, validation he- that we're doing a good job and hearing from people who come up to us at those live events or just tweet us or whatever that they love the show. I've been doing the website for eight years. I don't know. You know, I can't speak for you guys. I know this is all kind of new to you, Russ. I know you've done public stuff for a while, Adam. But you know, I, I've been doing the website long enough where I'm used to people saying, "Hey, I like the website," or "Hey, this is great." But hearing that they like the podcast and it's it's more of an effort. It's easy to stop by a website for a few minutes each day, but to sit here and listen 30, 45, an hour, hour and a half, take your time to know that we're in people's cars on the way to work in their ears while they're working out. That's really cool because you're actually spending time with us and listening. And if you're hearing me talk right now, you're, what, 45, 50 minutes into the show. That's um, really cool to hear. So thank, thank you to everyone who's listened. And, you know, as we've hammered out some kinks and growing pains and all that stuff and tr- found our rhythm, and here we are talking about the Eagles going to the goddamn Super Bowl. Awesome. You, thank you, you know what? Thank one you could to argue everything on earth today. Thank you. One could argue that the only thing better than the Eagles going to a Super Bowl would be getting some new five-star reviews. And we have three of them. Oh. I'd like to to read these quickly. Elton John, 8888. Solid Philly sports, cat, uh, sports podcast. Great content. Entertaining, witty banter. The dynamic these guys have is great. Wish they did it five days a week. I am a teacher myself. Go, Russ. So usually catch this on my commute home. Great show. Keep up the good work. 
We have JTP500054. JTP. Great, great way to get your Philly fix without pitfalls of local sports talk. We have to come back to that in a second. I have, I have a comment. Uh, love the show, Kyle, Adam, and Russ. I've been a fan of Crossing Broad for years and always wanted to hear a more off-the-cuff version of the blog. This does not disappoint. Adam saw the Seinfeld cast years ago, but never learned your name. Was that a hey. thing? Yeah. Okay. I did been this a thing called of- Seinfeld cast where I... Come um, on, Russ. How do you not know this? Where I dropped like 40-something right. Seinfeld references in newscasts. Wow. Yeah. No, it was, okay. a, it was a thing. Back it was when, hashtag back when, viral. Yeah, back when things could go hashtag viral. Okay. Been a fan of Bleacher Report for the content aggregation tech, not necessarily the content until recently. I just never took a look now until now, but I'm all over every piece of Sims and Lefko. Drink. Drink. Uh, content. Russ, love the knowledge for less loved sports uh, and squads in the city. The union, perhaps. Uh, I'm up and down on you a bit. Yes, because you get too hype. When do I ever get too hype? Just kidding. Uh, keep being your weird self. It totally adds something. <laughs> keep it going, boys. Find your voice, because I look forward to every episode. Uh, and then finally, we have Philly 2FL. I guess it's Philly to Florida. I like it. I moved away from Philly, so I get that little slice of home three times a week. Thanks, guys. Yawns are contagious. Adam, how does Bleacher Report decide what is breaking news? Surely a, Pop- a Popovich quote saying basketball is not my life is surprising to any basketball fan. There was a one-star review from somebody who had listened to the show for seven months, but your one star cannot bring us down. Uh, by the way, I did a, uh, a study of 25 Philadelphia podcasts, Philly sports podcasts. We are in striking distance of number three. It is not a big gap between us and the next show. And actually, from us to the second... Uh, define number three, which is I think you're going by total reviews. I'm going by total reviews, I'm going by five-star ratings, and I'm going by total ratings. Got it. So we need... And listen, we're the newest of if, that bunch, if, by the way. Yeah, by, you're less f- than by a year old, far. By far. Listen, if you're listening to this podcast, and you're 50 minutes in... And we are not team-specific as well. And you have not left a review... You need to do that immediately. It's okay, uh, if, you, it's okay that, if you didn't. It's okay, <laughs> yeah, if, it's okay if you didn't. <laughs> no, it's, you need to leave a review. Five stars. Not everyone has let, iTunes. Let us, no, you don't need to have iTunes. If you are a parent and all your right, kid right. has an it, iPhone, I'm cutting you go off. take I'm it. Cutting you take off. It. I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting you off, too. Yeah, all right. What else we got from the game? What What else? Like, like I don't even... Like, see, okay, let's talk about celebration stuff. Dune buggy, right? Who the fuck do you get a dune buggy in the city? That's I'm awesome. going... I'm going through Twitter this morning. I don't see any real chaos here. Any real people. I saw. I saw a fire. Um, How from big? That, How big well, was the? I'm fire? just. It wasn't that big. Like if, you look at, if, you, yeah, if you look at the barstool account, they had one. They're they're the kings of capturing the chaos towards the end there. Um, man, yeah. I just saw the fire. I saw the dune buggy. I saw people getting up the grease poles. That was a big national story in the morning. Was the grease poles? Yes, the Crisco, the Crisco. I cops, really, as they were I them really so. hate how Philadelphia publicly talks about things before they happen, and like I, I just know that there's a clip from the football life of the Patriots when they beat the Eagles, and Bill Belichick is reading the parade route to the team before the game to get them excited. And I'm just telling you that if the, if the police or the fire, whatever it is, puts out that damn parade route before the Super Bowl again, 
Like, I'm going to be pissed because like I've we've literally had to hear about that for 13 years. Don't do it again. Not everyone. We don't need to know the fucking parade route before the game. I don't need to know how the police are going to keep us safe before the game. I don't need to know that. Don't tell anybody. I don't understand how that benefits anything other than giving the other team motivation. Please don't fucking do that. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Belichick's going to do it again. If he does it again, I'm going to I'm going to go down there and voice my opinion in a in a in a suggestion box. You're going to very forcefully say some words. Yeah, what? That in a so non-threatening stupid. manner. I just come on. We're playing the Patriots. Everybody everybody let's step our games up. But that's, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as like, as far as stuff in the city last night, yeah, there's little things and people, you know, the guy running into the pole, obviously, which is funny, that's the but best video. there's nothing, that's um, fantastic. you know, the doom buggy things a little nuts and we're, and we were sort of celebrating like it was a championship. I don't know if every city does a that's conference okay. game like that, but that is okay. Like this, the city deserve it. Climbing poles is the worst thing that happened. Uh, like I can't find anything here. Um, shout out to, by the way, uh, give, I want to give credit to Chris and Tyler and all the guys on the website, uh, Bob, I don't want to miss anybody here. It's early. Bob, Kevin, Phil, Coggin, uh, Tim, who was down live streaming for us at Frankfurt and Cotman. Um, Chris and Tyler specifically did a great job rounding up all this stuff. Uh, someone said Barstool and Bleacher Report do it. Barstool's the kings of this. They are. They're also the kings of finding stuff on social media, saving, ripping the video, reposting it, and not giving anybody credit. So they're really just the kings of stealing stuff. Shout out to Chris and Tyler who rounded up all this stuff yesterday on the website with trying to give credit to the person who took it. Um, uh, I love, big fan of the Eagles Instagram live slash um, whatever they call the the ephemeral Instagram posts, not the actual ones, the instant posts, whatever the hell they're called, from the locker room. That's how we got the first glimpse of Doug Peterson's speech. Um, that's how we got Jeffrey Lurie last year, uh, last week on Ronald Darby's live yep. Instagram. That big is. fan of this. Big fan of this. Um, big fan of this trend. That's all I got to say. Last year it was like frowned upon when Antonio Brown did it. Now the Eagles are doing it, and it's the greatest thing in the world. So, um, and there's so come many a long things. Ways as society. Alshon Jeffrey. You know, the fact that he said, like, after the season last year, I guarantee you we are going to win the Super Bowl next year. And he wasn't even on the Eagles yet. That was, he was on the Bears. And he never said who he, we was. But, like, there are so many things that are just freaking crazy. And I feel, by the way, Alshon, I think, is a guy who got railed against at, at a, a pretty decent clip around here um, throughout the season. And I've I've said many, many times after many games that I really wish they got him involved in the game plan. And even when he got the contract extension, what was the first thing that people said? It was like, oh, that's strange timing. Why wouldn't you just wait till the end of the season? And then I think it was Elliot Shore Parks or somebody else, somebody else who's a very recognizable name, said he's not even a number one receiver. Like, he's not a full a full-out guy that you could rely on. Well, man, did he step up to the plate last night and do exactly what we would hope he would do, and he iced that game. I, I love yeah. Alshon. I'm a, I'm a very big fan of what he brings to the team, and uh, 
I, I know that I'm excited like I know that uh, I, I think the other thing before, is too tor- is like how, Tori- how dope is it that the Vikings offensive coordinator and quarterback could be going to the Giants and they hung up seven points on us that's it you know like the Giants fans have to watch a Boston Philadelphia championship and their next head coach just put up seven points on us <laughs> How about, how about Bo Wolf of The Athletic tweeting, and I don't think he was kidding because the Vikings were moving the ball efficiently for a few drives. They Obviously, they turned it over a few times, but he tweets uh, something along the lines of, oh, this is great and all, but the Eagles have to worry about seeing that Pat Shermer-led offense two times a season. I think he was and kidding. I, I don't was, know if he was kidding because he tweeted, out, he tweeted it right after another yet another long uh, Vikings drive that didn't result in a score. It, I think oh, it was I at 840. Kyle, he tweeted it at 842. Like right. We were well, which, no, we were well into the we game. We were, point. but it was after a third. It was after like a third out of fourth drive where the Vikings actually moved the ball really well, and then either turned it over or, in that case, uh, that was the Adam Thielen drop. Um, you know, drop on fourth down. I don't. I don't think he was kidding because if you look, like I, I, I saw it live when he tweeted it, and it was right after, like, oh wow, you know. It, Offensively, they're actually moving the ball pretty well here for a few straight drives. What a what a douchey! If he was joking, fine. I don't think he was, and the the comments seem to be split. That was the douchiest thing you could possibly tweet last night. Like I can't imagine a more douchey, tone deaf tweet to send out than the Eagles must be scared of Pat Shermer's offense. I think he yeah. was. You realize? Yeah, that, I thought it was facetious. You realize that facetious is a good word. It's the only word I know of in the English language where every single vowel is in order. Go to hell. Facetious. And if you, add, if you if you make it facetiously, you can add Y in there. Um, the, do you guys, you guys, I'm sure you've seen the stat, but Nick Foles' is a quarterback rating last night, the second highest in a championship game, uh, I think in the last 25 years, only had been outdone once, and it was Kurt Warner, I think back in 09. Yeah, it would have been against the Eagles if it was that then. It would have been the Eagles um, in Arizona. I was in, that's another that's, one. I mean, that's, like, it's an incredible – you think of all the great quarterbacks who have gone to the Super Bowl. You think of, like, the Rodgers of the world. You think about even, like, when Russell Wilson was having success. The fact that Nick Folian Dynamite himself is the second highest rated passer in an NFC championship game. This uh, is glorious. This season He's has never just thrown had, an interception in the playoffs like Nick ah! Foles. Shh. We're not, I feel what? like we're not allowed to jinx. Through the NFC well, part I've, of the playoffs. I always, there, I always feel like the playoffs in the Super Bowl are different. You know what okay, I mean? Like they, they keep like, their own statistics for the Super yeah, Bowl. And like fine. we're two weeks away. I'm not worried about jinxing it. So I'm going to be uh, on – I'm going to be so obnoxious on Radio Row. Holy fuck. Like I'm planning a lot of stuff now. Like Sims is going to be on Pro Football Talk in the morning, and I'm planning on like making signs and standing behind them and just being like Sims is an Eagles fan. Like, just stuff like that. But I'm going to be obnoxious. Like, I'm going to be in Minnesota. And I know there's going to be some fans that are listening to this right now that are going to be there, too. Um, I don't know what the plan is. But I'm down to to meet up with some Eagles fans in Minnesota and get after it. But uh, holy crap. I was not expecting to be there. Yeah. I was going to say, if if you're a fan of Minnesota, you can do one thing that Kyle and I still haven't done after nine months. Drink with Lefko. That's probably not going to happen either because I'm (laughs) going to be like, I'm going to, like, I I was planning on, this is the truth. I was planning on this being a super work trip. Like, I've been working on a lot of stuff that I want to do out there, like meeting people. Like, it's good for the industry and all that shit. But now that the Eagles are there, I'm just, I, I wasn't expecting this. 
And now it's going to be just complete fanhood recklessness. And uh, I'm trying to get to the game. Like I was, I don't like watching football in person. I find I miss too much. But the good thing is, is that, you know, you can watch, you can rewatch the Super Bowl a million times. So I'm going to try and get into the game. I think I'm going to try and get to the game with my dad too. So if anyone has really good tickets, holler at me. But, um, I, man. We should is... make this a thing, Adam, where if they win, you have to come down to the, uh, oh. for the parade. And I was actually thinking of this separately for the website of booking a hotel room overlooking broad um for the in the event of live blogging slash live podcasting there that should that should be the only the only thing i have with that is i would rather um i would rather have like a mobile audio device and be in the parade like and be like out and about well you be, be a man inside. on the street. You be man in the street with it. Russ and I could be the eyes in the sky, and you be man on the street. I don't know if we have the technology for all that. Oh, we'll figure it out. We always can we, have. We will the figure technology. it out. There's an app for that. <laughs> There's an app. Well, for the key would be wow, I would. Sixty year old, sixty year old uh, Kyle Scott is here. There's an app. I'd have to. I could probably I convince uh, Bleach Report to to send me down there. And just like Instagram live from the event or something like that. Yeah, right. You could do man on the street stuff. Like you were built, you were built I, to go into that, into that fray and do man on the street. Yeah. So, stuff. Kyle, but Kyle, that's why I think the smartest thing would be we enjoy the parade because here's the thing, and this is a, a thing I would say to everyone that's interested in doing podcasts or being a part of media that did not come up through traditional media. There's this thing, and I get it, where you look at the media and go, "Man, they always get to be there." I will say this. I love going to the events and not working. And that's the diff that's the problem with traditional media is you see those people at the parade and they're frantically going around there doing yes. interviews. I look there's a tweet out there today of John Ritchie and he can Barely contain his excitement in the press box. Fuck barely containing your excitements. Don't contain your excitement. Go out there and celebrate. So my thing would be, I'd rather get drunk and celebrate the parade and then do a podcast afterwards. If like get everyone in the parade to like, let's go and like be at a bar. If that were to happen, and here I am getting angry at the police for talking about parades, and now we're talking about parades. <laughs> but I'd rather do it and then have everyone meet up afterwards and like have a good. Time time because yeah, i wasn't really all, saying we should pod during the parade i wasn't no, but that was but that's but should. that's always something i want to yes. say to like new media people is that's the shitty part of this job is that you have to work when everyone else is celebrating so let's celebrate and then work later yeah that's you know it. it it's weird like because people people said you know said to me like neighbors and stuff and other people i bumped into like hey are you going to the game sunday like people who, you know familiar with what i do but not really the site like you know are you going to the game what do you do i'm like well no like actually one i enjoy you know i kind of i like being at home in the little cocoon and we had family over and, and all but like no after the game like I, i'm sort of working like and it's weird because i'm i'm not down there slugging around in tunnels like the you know like the the mainstream guys are like i'm there on my right. couch with my laptop which is which is great um, but yeah, like you're sort of like, it's this weird, like half work, half enjoyment mode. But, uh, uh, I will take, like, I will take that sort of work 10 times out of 10 blocking about the fucking, uh, Super Bowl trip. 
but Man, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I just got a, I just got a DM. Adam, I need some help. Nothing against you, but I do watch. I want to watch the Super Bowl. I'm a Jets fan. I can't cheer for the Pats, but I can't cheer for the Eagles because after I broke out with my last girlfriend's Philly sports fan, I swear I'd never cheer for a Philly team again. Oh, this week, these two weeks are going to be. You're not tough. cheering for a Philly team in that case, Jets fan. You're cheering, cheering for a yes. higher purpose. Oh, I'm going to go on so many rants these next two weeks about how the Eagles are actually America's team. Oh, this is going to be great. I saw I'm someone so- tweet last night, like, total out-of-town uh, woman. You know, I, I don't know. Someone had retweeted it. Like, I can't believe I have to fucking root for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Like, that. the Eagles, if nothing, if, if only we're just the lesser of two evils because people hate Philly, like, that's I'm fine with that because yeah. everyone hates New England. I'm exactly. So, I'm so, I haven't even, like, turned my brain on to the, like, go, like, like fuck fuck that team and that and that stadium and Gillette and your stupid smug suits Robert Kraft and your stupid coy games walking around with your hand in the pocket and your gloves and your and your lifeless okay Belichick's press conference are kind of funny but you get the point like I'm done and I'm tired of Matt Patricia's beard like go away like go ever all of them just go away like I I I don't know. I I don't want to turn to New England yet. Let's yeah. enjoy this. There's a there's a perfect thing that every single Philly fan that goes out to Minnesota needs to learn. It is a song that the Sons of Ben sing. And it's no one likes us, no one likes us, no one likes us, we don't care. We're from Philly, filthy Philly. No one likes us, we don't care. It's I like the I like the E A G L E S song too. And yet everyone has to like us. Everyone has to like us. Everyone hates New England. All right, fellas. All right, yeah. Oh, um. oh, hey, re- really quick. Coolest thing, I think the coolest moment, it was on the website as well, was Zach Ertz's wife who was playing with the U.S. women's national team. And, like, you talk about people working during big games. She's out playing. She scores a goal, comes off the field after, and and finds out that her husband's team is going to, to the Super Bowl. It was a really cool moment. That, they all that, cried. Yeah, that was a tearjerker. Um, you want right, to wrap so, us? Yeah, we have two weeks. Uh, shows on Wednesday and Friday, of course. We're gonna keep and you going. are good for Super Bowl week, right? You yes. Tell people that. Yes. Yes. You will be As there right now. You okay? You will be there. <laughs> I will be there, but I'm definitely gonna be doing this show. I'm gonna. Uh, I mean, we're gonna have all these microphones out there, so I'm just gonna have them set up one in my hotel room, so I can roll out of bed and do this for sure. Because I'm not missing this after doing this all season for sure. Are they an but, hour behind? Oh fuck. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> are they? Right, so, they yeah, have to be, right? We'll yeah. talk. We'll talk in the Slack chat. We'll figure it out. But we're definitely doing something. Um, Eagles are in the freaking Super Bowl. It begins now. Wednesday, I think, is when we start looking ahead at the Patriots a lot more. Friday, there's going to be so much news coming out, and then next Monday is when Media Day is going to be, and then all of that stuff. But Crossing Broad, the website, and then also, of course, Crossing Broadcast. Uh, we're going to keep you up to date with everything that's going on and hit us up with those iTunes reviews and also just hitting us up on social media is always cool too. Uh, Russ is probably the one engaging the most. So if you hit up Joy on Broad, uh, my man Russ will always have the passion. Kyle is at Crossing Broad. I am at Adam Lefko. You are listening to a podcast that has been covering the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles from the offseason to the preseason to the regular season to the postseason and now to the freaking Super Bowl. Enjoy the ride. It is getting to the best part and we are so happy that if you've been that you've been enjoying it with us. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.